on the, um, in our series on the membership vows. Just to refresh your membership the me- memories, the membership vows are, so I will participate in the ministry of King Avenue Church with my Okay, this is gifts, gifts, um, and normally gifts is understood as money. Um, next week is service where we support the church and participate in the church through music and teaching and, and other things, but giving is, tends to be understood as um, our financial contributions. And I know you're saying to yourself, ah! Ah, I thought I was safe until the fall. You know, I thought I didn't have to hear a stewardship sermon until the fall. I could have gone to the 11 o'clock service and listened to the hymns. Yeah. Um, normally, um, when we hear, well, this is a sermon on, um, chiefly on how we give. There is a why we give, uh, I was talking to a member this week about this sermon, and they said, well, you know, why we give is quite obvious. An adult can figure this out. Um, a building needs utilities. We, we give for, so that we can have air conditioning. We give so that we can have heat. We give so that we can have water. We give so that the dome doesn't collapse. We give to replace the air conditioning. We give so that we can have donuts. It's quite obvious why we give. All you have to say, John, you make uh, stewardship way too complicated. Just say, we have this need, cough it up. (laughs) You know, that's the why we give. I'm interested in this sermon on how we give, how we give. Um, Paul says pretty early in this passage, give as you have made up your mind to give not under compulsion or with reluctance, but God loves a cheerful giver. So we give under compulsion or reluctance or cheerfully. I tend to think when we think of giving in the church, it can slide into reluctance and under compulsion. Sometimes we're guilted into giving Sometimes, you know, we, um, the plate's coming down the aisle, I better put something in. Um, we feel coerced sometimes, uh, we feel guilted into giving. Um, it's not cheerful uh, that much. When I feel like I've been uh, coerced into giving, I, I feel um, that I'm giving out of scarcity. You know, I... I can think of excuses why I don't have enough money. Certainly when I get a phone solicitation, I think, I don't have enough money. And when I do give, it is with reluctance or compulsion, and I feel like I'm diminished by my giving, that I have less. And I also tend to think, I demean the person or organization to whom I'm giving. Here, here's $10. Now go away. Here's $20. Now get off the phone. I've done my duty. Don't bother me anymore. (coughs) I've been diminished 
and I diminished the other person. Many of you liked the video that uh, Colleen showed last Sunday on virtual church. While you were laughing, there was a line that I bet many of you didn't hear. Um, it, it said, and in virtual church, you can pick your sermons. You, will never, you can pick your sermons so you will never have to listen to a series on giving again. <laughs> That's what we like in our virtual church. Um, when I was in seminary, we were given the choice for our last sermon to, to preach in preaching class. We were given the choice of these two topics. One, your town has experienced a natural disaster that really devastated the area. Preach on that the Sunday after the disaster. Or, your stewardship campaign is next Sunday. Preach a stewardship sermon. We all chose the natural disaster. <laughs> we just have this attitude toward giving in the church that it drains us and it makes us less. It's something we have to do. Some of you know the... Um, the book, The Five Love Languages, it was popular. Have any of you read that? Yeah. We did a study on it several years ago. Um, I was struck when I was going through the membership vows to participate in the church with your prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness, how close those are to the five love languages. Who knows the five love languages? Affirmation, physical touch, quality time, gifts, and service. Yeah, so there is something of a correlation between the membership vows and the five love languages. I would equate, you know, presence pretty much with quality time, service is service, gifts are gifts, um, affirmation could be witness. So they're close in the five love languages. And, you know, the thrust of the book is, we need to speak the love language our partner or our loved one understands. If we're not speaking the love language that our partner understands, there's a disconnect and they feel like they're not loved. If so, you know, if your partner likes uh, words of affirmation and you're giving um, service, they feel like they're not loved. You know, and the trick is to speak the same language and get on the same page. So giving is a love language. Now, that's very clear in our family um, that Susan loves our granddaughter and expresses it in all five languages, but she clearly expresses it in giving. You know... <laughs> When we go to a mall like the Lennox, the Lennox, <laughs> we have to go to Old Navy and we have to go to the children's department and buy things. When we go to Target, we have to go to the children's department and buy things. When we go to Easton, we have to go to Baby Gap and buy things. You know? It's how Susan, it's one of the love languages that 
how Susan expresses her love of Clementine. Now, when we talk about giving as a love language, we get it. We get it, of course. Giving is a love language. But when we talk about it in the church, we tend not to think of it as a love language. Paul says, give as you have made up your mind to give. Giving is freely giving. It isn't coerced. It isn't compulsion. You know, Susan has made up her mind to give. She feels a connection. She feels a responsibility that's not a burden, but a joy. You know, in the church, we feel that connection that's not a burden, but a joy. And the love language is kind of mixed together. They're hard to separate in our personal life, and they're hard to separate in a church's life. I would suspect, I've not graphed this or anything, but I would suspect that those who serve in the church as choir members or Sunday school teachers or open lunch, or open shelter lunch people, um, those who serve sense a connection and they also see a reason for giving and they take responsibility for giving and it's not a compulsion and it's not a duty and it's not coercion. They've freely chosen to give because they see the good that it does. And those who are participating in prayers feel that connection. And those who are participating through witness and talking about the church to others feel that importance, you know, that the church does need to be supported. When we give as a love language, giving is not giving from scarcity. It's giving from abundance. When Susan gives all these gifts to Clementine, I got to tell you, sometimes Susan will buy, I don't know, five or six outfits with the intention of taking these and letting Clementine's mother pick one outfit and then Susan will take the rest back. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. You know, we end up giving all five to Clementine. But Susan never sees when she's giving out of love as diminishing her. She sees it as enhancing her and she's giving out of abundance. There's no question that we, that we don't have enough to give to Clementine. It's overflowing. You know, I, I, I keep thinking that if we're in love with that to which we're giving, there's enough. There's enough. And Susan is enhanced by her giving, and Clementine is enhanced by her giving because she knows that somebody loves her and somebody is grateful for her. Paul says, um, 
Those who reap so sparingly will reap sparingly. Well, that's obvious. I mean, if I only sow one uh, tomato seed, I'm not going to get uh, the amount of tomatoes I'd get if I, if I uh, planted 10 seeds. So the more we sow, the more we reap. And so he says, you know, the more you sow, the more you'll reap. And that is not the uh, prosperity gospel, that if you give, God will give you 10 times whatever you gave to the church. What it is, it's saying, when we give in love, the reward for giving in love is that we become more loving, that our heart gets bigger. Colleen talked about Whoville yet last Sunday. You know, the scene in Whoville where the Grinch's heart grows and grows and grows to three times its size. The reward for giving is a more generous heart. The reward for being big-hearted is a bigger heart. The reward for having a warm heart is a warmer heart. You know, it just grows. Those who sow bountifully will reap bountifully. As we enlarge in our abundance and become more loving and more giving and more generous, we become more human. And we also become more godlike. Psalm 65 that Amy read is um, it's about God's giving. It's about God giving. God gives us water. God gives us pasture land. God gives us forgiveness. God gives us plants that grow. God, by nature, is a giver. Giving without expectation. Giving in love. You know, in a sense, when Susan gives to Clementine, she doesn't have an expectation. Clementine really can't thank her yet. She's giving freely, and God gives freely. And when we give, we're being God-like. When one gives, one opens one's hands. You know? And when one opens one's hands, they're open to the other person. And when one receives they opened their hands. And what you got in giving and receiving is people with open hands, not fists that are clutching for fear of being diminished, but hands that are open for sharing and giving and receiving. Paul ends this passage by saying, and when we give there will be an abundance of thanksgiving to God. It's that our giving points people to God. And it not only connects us with each other, it connects us to God. And Paul says, what an indescribable joy it is to be connected to God. And we make our witness to God's love through our giving, he says. 
several years ago uh, during this fall stewardship campaign. It was Pledge Sunday, and I thought I had a good sermon. And um, I was walking through the milling area between the services, and I heard one of our members say, have a conversation with a visitor. And it went like, hi, I'm so-and-so. I haven't seen you before. Are you new to King Avenue? Yes, I am new. This is our first Sunday here. Oh, great. How did you learn about us? And the person told how they learned about King Avenue. And then our longtime member said, I'm sorry you came today. (laughs) It's Stewardship Sunday, and please come next Sunday when we'll have a normal sermon. And I thought, you know, we can give out of scarcity and we can give feeling that we're being diminished by our gifts. Or we can give out of abundance and we can feel that we are being enhanced and and enlarged by our gifts. We can give using the love language that we know so well throughout our life. Wouldn't it have been different if the person said, I'm so glad you came today. We're talking the language of love, which is giving, because we celebrate our abundance and want to grow larger and larger as loving people. May it be so. Amen.